0: Beyond, and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbusch, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we talk about all the PlayStation news from the last week, because normally PlayStation likes to drop it as soon as we finish recording the show. And speaking of that, of course, PlayStation Plus games are going to get announced this week. I don't know what they are yet. I'm sorry. We'll talk about them next week. I hope they're good games. But we do have plenty to talk about this week, uh, including Cyberpunk, uh, Ghost of Tsushima movie news, uh, Ratchet & Clank PS5 patch, and a lot more. But before we get to all of the news to talk about this week, I'm joined this week by Simon Cardy.
1: Hello. Good, Good evening. Good to have you back.
0: It, <laughs> it's it's you. late for you. Yeah. Um, it's
1: always late for me, though. It's now. I just, that's very you know, true. I don't do mornings at all. So, you know. Yeah.
0: You only live in the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, okay. we're also joined this week by Zach Ryan.
2: Cardy, you said that. So that you're so menacing the way you said that. Yeah
1: yeah i'm a very menacing person i think Mm. everyone you meet will agree Uh, right
0: yeah i'm sure when i when i think of cardi i think of menacing absolutely Cardi Uh, menace simon (laughs) and of course uh also this week we're joined by special guest street grind street thank you so much for
3: joining us and being here with us hey well thank you so much for having me i've been hearing about your podcast for quite a while and then i'm just glad to freaking be here
0: Happy to have you on. Uh, for those who don't know you or where they can find you, do you want to give people a little uh, idea of where they can uh, find you and the awesome uh, streams that you do and more?
3: Well, you don't have to flatter me that much, <laughs> Jonathan. All right. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on you can find me on Twitch where I usually do a lot of like action RPGs or you can find me on Instagram for a lot of my fitness content and Twitter. You could just find me just, you know, just speaking my truth, speaking what I do pretty much. So that's you can find me there at the name Street Grind should, should just pop up.
0: So we're happy to have you on this week. I will. I will absolutely admit. I um. I have not worked out at all during the pandemic and but see like seeing how how positive and, and sort of like reinforcing you are about, you know, living an active, healthy lifestyle. So when we used to go to the gym quite a bit, I have finally signed up to go to the gym for the first time in a year. And I'm, I'm very excited to get back to it. So I appreciate honestly Dude. your your uh, incidental support.
3: <laughs> Dude, that, honestly, I mean, that means a lot. Thank you, man. That, that's pretty, pretty much all this I try to tell people, man, is just try to lead by example. And. You know, it's important, man. Like I always say that we only only have one body and we just have to, you know, try to make the most of it. I mean, I'm not going to say that I've been perfect, you know, during the pandemic either where like when it initially hit last year, probably for like a month or two, like I wasn't really working out either because I think everyone was kind of, they felt deflated at that Mm -hmm. point, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just glad to hear people are, you know, they're really taking charge of, of their health. Really? That means a lot to me.
0: And uh, of course, we'll probably not I, I don't know how much nutritional value people will gain from this episode. But nonetheless, we we do have a lot to get through and a lot to discuss. And I, the first thing I do want to bring up, just because we talked about a lot last week, which, of course, uh, none of you are on. So I do want to quickly get your thoughts on it was confirmation that uh, PlayStation is shutting down. Uh, the PS3, PS Vita, and PSP stores officially. Uh, This was after we got rumors and reports uh, originally from the gamer that this would be happening, and then we got word that uh, the PlayStation 3 and PSP stores will officially be completely shut on July 2nd, 2021, and then the PS Vita store, uh, the PSN digital shop, will be closed on August 27th, 2021. Uh, I don't want to belabor on my end too much because uh, Brian Altano and I talked a lot about this last week with Mitchell Saltzman, uh, and Brian, I think, pretty succinctly wrapped up all of our feelings was, it just sucks. Uh, that this is happening, that we're losing a, a large piece of uh, history. Zach, I wanted to start with you, uh, just sort of like a quick reaction to this news and, and sort of what you think this means for you know Sony's legacy.
2: Yeah, I think it, I, I think it's a bummer. I mean, I've been a PlayStation fan for a really long time, um, and it's it's sad to see that a lot of these games. You know, the only way that you could get a lot of these older games uh, was through these stores. Uh, you know, like I have. Frequently gone back to my Vita and used it as a PlayStation one, essentially, because you could buy a lot of PlayStation one games for Vita for for a long time, you could anyway. Um, And that's just going away, you know, so like a lot of those games will sort of be lost to time. Um, And that is, yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about, we have talked a lot in the past about video game preservation and, um, you know, how things get lost from one generation to the next and how, you know, There are a lot of games out there that are somebody's favorite games, right? And um, those games will just go away forever in this move. Um, Lesser known games, third-party games, things that didn't make a big splash, but are great, you know, great games beloved by some that they're, they're just sort of lost to the annals of time until somebody reaches back out and decides to remaster them or whatever, but a lot of these games won't ever get that second look because they're just not impactful enough or not big enough or, you know, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame to see so many great titles just kind of gone forever, but that's my take. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I pretty much agree. I mean, I'm a big, vita fan saying that i did try and find my vita for this podcast to see what i had installed on there i couldn't actually find it it's been about four years since i played it. i think i'm the opposite of zach i don't go back to it that often you've got yours. i always
2: i always keep nice. mine handy just in I case i should have prepared mine somewhere <laughs> in this room.
1: Yeah. You're, you're a professional i'm not that's that's the result of this whole conversation but um yeah i i love the vita Persona 4 Golden is one of my favorite games of all time, and like, yeah. luckily, that is now on Steam, so there is a way to play that. But there are yeah. going to be games like, you know, where you're going to play Gravity Rush unless you've got a copy of it, or like, I mean, for the PSP, a um, is the big UMD boom coming back? Are they going to sort <laughs> of like a hundred dollars each? Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of, it's less for me. I feel like I've had my fill of those games, and the PSP, the PSV, to PS3, I had my time. I played why I wanted on those. But as you say, it's more for you know the children of the future (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. they're not going to go back and play those games are they they're they're just not going to be easy to find it's kind of a similar scenario i didn't listen last week i'm sorry if i'm repeating this but um i'm sorry similar to what nintendo are doing i think when this releases today is the last day you can buy the 3d mario collection Mm. that's right well i don't know what they're doing after that but you know there are other ways to play that game but just odd decisions sometimes isn't it that i don't think we fully understand there must be just pure business reasons behind this that we, I, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but, mm. yeah.
0: yeah. Presumably it's like, obviously these stores are probably not pulling in enough resources to, you know, keep the servers and the, the, the available like, whatever man hours and computing powers were needed hours were needed to keep all of those stars running, I guess to them were not worth the money they were putting in versus what was getting out. But yeah, Zach, as you said, and definitely as we spoke to last week, it is absolutely like a, a game preservation thing. And it it brings up an interesting point of uh, Simon, as you were saying, like maybe they'll do things like the 3d all-stars collection. Maybe we'll get like the Vita classics collection or something with a couple like PlayStation first party games, but there will be a lot of things just lost to time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that happens in all art forms like there will there are always movies and TV shows. You can't find them on certain streaming platforms or any streaming platforms and things will just get inherently lost. But this is something that's like. Preventable because it, like this is some, an active choice that is being made is I, I think where we see a lot of the frustration come from street. I don't know how you feel about this one, but um,
3: <sighs> yeah, I don't think I'm just going to agree with what everyone else is saying, because it does suck. Right. I mean, like anything that I guess it's. It's taken away from you, especially when, you know, you've had like memories tied to it or like, I know, like for me, right? I've never personally have owned a PS3 or a Vita or a PSP, but I know so many other people that have and the memories that they've had with it. So thinking about it from my perspective, if I ever wanted to start like a collection of some sort, right, of, you know, PS3 games or Vita games now, like that, being able to have that resource... Uh, like that library to go to. Of like, all right. What are the games that people were talking about back in like, you know, like the mid two thousands when they came out like that is kind of just, you know, taken away from me now. So I'm kind of just going to be, you know, going to either like garage sales, if people are even <laughs> selling PS3 games or eBay or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's just uh, it's going to be a little bit harder to try to, you know, find those, those legacy type games that people are talking about.
0: Mm hmm yeah absolutely and it's weird especially when there's you know major playstation franchises like where where are you going to play even if it's not the best of the bunch like where are you going to play uncharted golden abyss which is part of a you know a currently beloved franchise or like where can you get metal gear solid 4 now i guess is it has it ever been released in a re like a collection i don't yeah Mm -hmm. it's like that that is just a, a main numbered entry of that franchise and you know granted konami is konami but it's it's one of those weird things where like there, there's no solutions I think in place that were that were offered as a, uh, a response to this news, and the, and this news was sort of delivered as like an update on an FAQ page and an email sent out to fans. Like it wasn't even sort of a like PlayStation blog post. And I think, especially when you see xbox making backward compatibility so much a fundamental part of their uh, process right, right now is just one of those things where it's like man i would have loved to see probably you know a letter from herman holst or jim ryan on the playstation blog that was like you know we loved this generation of playstation but we have to shut down these stores for technical like they could have kept it vague but just something to like address the fan concerns that clearly cropped up uh since those original reports happened but uh obviously if anything comes from this if they decide to release uh, limited time collections or things like the Mario 3D All Stars uh, collection before they kill off Mario. Uh, we'll d- we'll definitely keep you updated on any of those. you don't think it's going to happen, Zach? You think he's going to stay alive? Fair enough. We'll we'll see. I, I,
1: I heard they're preparing the fire pit now, so. Uh... <laughs> It's Not a chance.
0: Good I guy. mean, Bowser's got a lot of those, so that seems <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty easy. But um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep you updated if we hear anything about, uh, you know, any way to help preserve these games. And definitely there are a lot of great game history preservation groups that I'm uh, going to be looking into in the couple of weeks to see what they're doing and sort of what the work is around to keep this generation alive. Um, but m- moving on to continue looking a little bit forward and slightly back uh, at the day we're recording this episode, we got a ton of CD project red slash cyberpunk news. Now, of course, uh, cyberpunk 2077 is still not available to buy again on the PlayStation store. It is still unavailable for purchase there. Uh, more than a hundred days after that game's launch. Uh, obviously if you had the game and didn't get it, you still can have your copy of it. And the game is still getting patches for those who are playing it on there. But, um, For now, we don't know when the game's coming back to PlayStation, but but we've been following this game so much on this show that I I wanted to bring up uh, sort of the like cascade of news that happened. Because just to set the scene for everyone earlier this week, the one point two patch, which was was supposed to be one of the the biggest patch for Cyberpunk uh, to address some Mm -hmm. of the issues was released. Uh, It was probably the longest uh, patch note page I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the list just went on for
1: longer than well, like You're not game. an Avengers fan. Are you? <laughs> that, I'm
0: getting back into
1: it, Simon. You know.
0: Um, I think it rivals Avengers, but no, yeah, it was a it was a hefty patch, and then right on top of that, CDPR came out and kind of. Uh, addressed where things are going for both cyberpunk and the company as a whole so the the couple of things i want to bring up and then i want to dive into all of your thoughts is that uh starting in 2022 cd project red is going to be focusing on developing witcher and cyberpunk triple a games simultaneously Uh, Their wording was relatively vague, so it may be that, you know, these are things that are related to existing games, like presumably they'll still be working on Cyberpunk. I get the
2: feeling feeling it's going to be like Gwent 2 and like (laughs) Cyberpunk Cart or something, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't necessarily feel like we're good. I, I would hope that it would be substantial Cyberpunk expansions and DLCs and, you know, like some kind of new Witcher game. But yeah, I feel like that's a far shot at this point.
0: Yeah, it, um, it it was an interesting thing to see this, and I think, especially in light of, you know, uh, Cyberpunk having such a long time of development. And obviously there, there are a ton of reports about the development woes of that game. But one of those things where I think a lot of people's reaction that I saw was sort of like you, you saw how hard it was for management to like understand how tough a one project like that was. Do you think they're going to understand properly how to balance two projects like that? Mm hmm. Collective size. It's
1: just, Uh, yeah, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Because, I mean, the obvious thing to say is, and it sounds simple, but it's obviously not simple. It's just fix this game first. Just worry about do one thing at a time. I know you can't just do that in business. You can't just do one thing at a time and not look ahead to the future. But, like, I I played Cyberpunk when it came out. I think I was quite lucky. I played it on. I played the PS4 version on PS5 and I was quite lucky I didn't have too many bugs. I was had a relatively easy ride of it. And I thought it was a pretty good game. Like I thought it was a a very good game at times. And I do kind of I don't think it was amazing, but I I have every now and then thought about that world and some of those characters. I think they did Mm -hmm. that really, really well. But I just don't know the sort of fixes I would want to make that game better. I don't know if it can be done in a patch. I don't for me it wasn't the glitches, it was some of the core. Actual mechanics of that game that just didn't work. And I kind of, I know it's, there's a lot of people that haven't been able to play it, especially on PlayStation, because I haven't been able to buy it, uh, despite it not being on the Vita or the PSP. And it's just, <laughs> you know, I, at this point, I don't know if I need more Cyberpunk. I'm granted, I was very lucky I had a good experience with it, and I know there's a lot of people want to play it. But I, at this point, if you said scrap Cyberpunk and just go to Witcher 4, I would take that personally. But I know I'm a lucky person in that regard. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it it's also one of those interesting things. And Zach and Street, I'm definitely curious to hear from you both too. It it's that thing of like, especially these fixes at the moment. A lot of people did play Cyberpunk at launch. Granted, not a lot of people on PlayStation now, especially. Mm-hmm. But like, are they, uh, I wonder if like the fixes they need to focus on. Do they need to bring back players who felt? Jaded by it, do they need to focus on bringing in new people with these patches? Because at least to me, like reading through the patch notes for one point two, it felt like a lot of stuff that would help if you were starting a new playthrough. But if you're like forty hours into a playthrough, I don't know how much of a difference some of those things might make. I I could be off. I I played about five hours of Cyberpunk, recognized like the issues going on, and it just wasn't enough to keep me invested. And so I've been waiting essentially for the finished, fixed version. Um, but Zach, I know I know you had a bit of experience with it. Uh, I'll start with you. Sure. Um, yeah,
2: I mean I really enjoyed Cyberpunk quite a bit yeah. actually. It wound up being one of my favorite games of 2020, but I I played it on Series X where it ran relatively smoothly and looked pretty good. Um I'm still anxiously awaiting the actual next-gen version of it because I do want to play it again kind of top to bottom when it's looking at, you know, it's best its most next-gen. I think um <laughs> I think CD Project Red has had a really interesting week this week already because it's it's like they acquired a studio um, that will, you know, supposedly help with some of the uh, the crunch that they've dealt with in the past. It, it'll definitely help spread the workload across, you know, multiple places, and and they can focus on different things. Like this studio is kind of known for multiplayer, right? So like, um, we the speculation is that there's some multiplayer aspect that that this new studio will be working on. Um, I, I believe they're now CD Projekt Red Vancouver is what they're called. Um, but then they also put out that statement, you know, that was like. Uh, we put out cyberpunk and we just didn't see the issues that a lot of people identified, but then their patch notes were like this long. Right. And it's like, I did, Really? You didn't, you didn't see it. Like, um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a catch 22. I definitely think it's the right move for them to move to address the idea of their runway to launch just in terms of how they promote their games when they announce their games, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know if that's quite enough, you know, and I think we internally at IGN, we talk a lot about rebuilding goodwill and reestablishing, you know, uh, fan bases and things like that. But like, here's a good example so this morning we have a news meeting every morning where we talk about like what stories we're going to cover on the fix et cetera. and Mm -hmm. one of the folks in that meeting was like i just don't understand how they have the money to acquire a new studio given how you know cyberpunk's Mm -hmm. whole debacle that game still sold millions of copies like i think we get caught up on the bad press and the the word of mouth and the 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 conversation in in you know gamer centric circles but like cyberpunk was such a huge phenomenon that that it still sold hojillions of copies. Like they still made a shit of money. Like yeah. that, I think that, they made you know, their
0: budget back, like just in pre-orders instantly. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, whatever
2: missteps they've made, they have the the capital to pay to am- make those amends. You know what I mean? Um, and as a CD Projekt Red fan, like I I love The Witcher. I really enjoyed Cyberpunk. I'm I'm still rooting for them. I just. Th- I just think they they bungled it every chance that they they at every opportunity over the last twelve to eighteen months, you know. Um, But moving forward, hopefully these things put them on the right track. These decisions, so yeah, yeah, they're
0: they're with you. Street, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Oh no, you're good. Um, Yeah, I'll probably say I've probably played it for about maybe like five to six hours, and you know I played on on PC, and it was a solid game i just at the time i didn't really understand what all of the the exact hype about it was especially with all of like the footage and everything that we talked about like, that everyone has seen um so like me experiencing it, it was cool but i did experience a lot of the issues with that i think it's great with the transparency that they're having with a lot of the fixes that they're doing i mean granted you know, it looks like a CVS receipt when you do, you know, just keep scrolling down <laughs> or whatnot. But um, I think the transparency is good. I just think from from my perspective, I'm still not percent sure if I would ever like like ever go back to it. You know, like I'm I have The Witcher 3, I believe. I haven't played it yet. I hear it's an amazing game. I just I just think they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit too much in order for me to go back to it. So I'm just kind of just waiting for them to do something completely new and see how they handle that moving forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're in a really interesting place. I think when we when Cyberpunk came out, we had talked about sort of like that goodwill thing. I think they were one of the developers that like had some of the most goodwill from the player base and how quickly that just sort of fell off with the Cyberpunk launch. And it, it is good to see this transparency, transparency, especially back when, you know, the lack of it was what caused so many problems, especially when it came to those last gen versions. Um, it's it it is a fascinating story that we're going to see continue to come more and more like to the forefront especially with whatever these two projects are um speaking of uh zach i know you're mentioning that studio that'll be helping out in some multiplayer capacity we know they've been wanting to work on some sort of Multiplayer, but today some of their statements muddied it even further, like what their focus will be going forward outside of the immediate future for cyberpunk. Uh, They had a statement that said previously we hinted that our next triple A would be a multiplayer cyberpunk game, but we have decided to reconsider this plan. Given our new, more systemic and agile approach, instead of primarily primarily focusing on one big online experience or game, we are focusing on bringing online into all of our franchises one day. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Th- that to me reads like there won't be a proper like separate cyberpunk multiplayer thing probably anymore. And mm-hmm. instead they will just integrate some multiplayer ideas into whatever they build cyberpunk into being. But it, it's one of those things where like they both gave us a picture, but there are still so many questions about what the yeah. future of CDPR looks like.
1: It's a lot of words put together about sentences it? it's not really it's not really saying anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of basically <laughs> saying... We don't really know what we're doing next, so we can't tell you what we're doing next. It probably isn't this anymore, but we don't know what it is. So, you know, (laughs) basically not promising anything so no one can be annoyed is what they're doing, which after last year, I can't really blame them, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And especially there there was another quote from basically essentially saying that they're going to uh, sort of shift their PR and marketing cycles, given... Both the long term cycle that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven had of you know like nearly a decade, they have plus to. plus the high, yeah, yeah they they can't they take to. the same approach again and
2: and like not not only not only CD Projekt Red I, I mean I I think that one of the the biggest lessons coming out of Cyberpunk uh, was to find a way to to manage expectations for any publisher any developer like understand the difference between. <laughs> Effective marketing and generating such a level of hype, you know, like there's just there's just no way that Cyberpunk could have lived up to the level of hype that that Mm -hmm. was generated around it after that number of years and however many months of you know bi monthly drops like live events like hey here's this huge event that we're throwing to talk about the cars in our game like that that's it's crazy what they did on the marketing for that game and I hope that the industry takes note and and you know, adjusts accordingly their marketing plans to to mitigate some of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like Street, you were saying of how, like, you, you know, after playing a few hours, you were sort of, like, taken aback by, like, the hype that you saw going in versus what you were playing and sort of your, you know, reaction to it. And it it's one of those interesting things of, like, I, I totally agree, Zach. I feel like this isn't just going to affect CDPR going forward. Like, we are we are going to see changes across the board for, I think, how people approach games because... As you were saying, Zach, like they still made all their money back, but at least like within these dedicated circles, people are more wary right now. Like There is mm-hmm. just a, especially any cross gen game. If they're not showing what the PS4 and Xbox One version look like and are just touting oh. the PS5 and Xbox Series X version, that's going to raise a lot of questions now because you don't want to pull another cyberpunk. I don't want to turn, you know, CDPR into the Brita of the video game universe. But it's sort of like, yeah, it, they're. Everyone, I think, is going to be a little more careful going forward, and it's very interesting to see how that's going to play out.
3: Um, yeah, I just like I just want studios to be honest, man. Like I know, like people are always going to complain about like delays. Oh, we want this game right now. Well, guess what? You got Cyberpunk in this initial state. Now what? You know what I mean? So I just want, no matter how many times you're gonna, you know, delay a game, we just want like a, you just want a great product at launch. That's pretty much all we as you know as a you know big gamer myself that's all we ever wanted
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh, especially seeing the the flood of delays this year and i think definitely a lot of them are more related to ongoing COVID concerns than a reaction to cyberpunk but i'm sure the reaction to cyberpunk hangs over most people looking to do marketing for their games in the coming mm-hmm. year too i i think that's going to really stick out to us especially in the way that we cover games it's going to raise a lot of questions when we go into a preview when we go into um you know uh a new event at e three or a gamescom or something else. Like when we see games, it's going to raise those questions because in the back of our heads, we'll be like, well, you know, don't, don't fool us twice sort of situation. Um, but obviously there, there's a ton of devs at cyberpunk 2077 who, as we've seen in the reporting did raise these flags, did raise these concerns that we are seeing sort of from the, uh, top level down as, as accurate. They, they said they didn't see these problems coming, not listening to their team about the issues that they were clearly seeing. It's, it's unfortunate. And I'm, I'm, hopeful that they can improve it. I want it to get to a place where I'm excited to jump into it and able to buy it on PlayStation <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. Um, moving on from that, just briefly wanted to mention, I haven't gotten a chance to play it because it literally came out. Um, the day we were recording this, I thought we'd have a couple of weeks before it did. Uh, Ratchet and Clank got a PS5 patch so that the game will run at 60 frames per second. And as a, as a reminder, I think today, the day this episode is coming out is your last day to pick up Ratchet and Clank for free. On PS4, you can also play it on, on PS5 backward compatible. Um, it's completely free, whether or not you have PlayStation Plus. So you can uh, pick up the game, and if you have a PS5, it has the 60 frames per second patch. Uh, obviously, a good bit of marketing ahead of Rift Apart. Um, but the thing that I wanted to to bring up as sort of a in interesting cases, I'm really excited to jump back into Ratchet. I really and I can't wait for Rift Apart. I think it's you know one of the most exciting looking next gen games. Um, Sony's ps5 patch upgrade process has been a little weird mm-hmm. uh you know xbox pretty much was like day and date things will play better on series x uh some are optimized we'll let you know if they're optimized it, it sort of was this like across the board first party emphasis and focus for them ps5 we're seeing these uh patches come out intermittently where god of war got one a couple like a month or two after the ps5 was out days gone and ghost of tsushima had them on day one Ratchet is getting it now. We're still waiting for a Horizon Forbidden, Horizon Zero Dawn, excuse me, PS Five patch. It still doesn't have sort of like optimization for that. Um, I was sort of curious if all of you thought is this clever marketing strategy to turn PS Five patches into news beats, or is it more just probably the realities of development coming to a head?
1: <laughs> I think it's a bit of both because you see those games, the games that got them instantly, Days Gone, Ghost, God of War, not instantly but sooner. Those are games. That those developers and those studios we don't know necessarily what they're doing next and their games are probably quite far away even though they say god of war ragnarok is coming this year i don't believe it for a second Mm. but we'll (laughs) see
3: um
1: but like you say games like ratchet games like horizon zero dawn are coming later i think because they're going to release these patches closer to the sequels or those studios next games coming out and like you said it does act as a nice bit of pr and a way to get people to play those games again and realize maybe how great they are, because I don't know if I will play Ratchet and Clank again. I do love that game. I do already have the Platinum, so I don't really have much reason to go back. If the PS5 version had new trophies. (laughs) I'm with you there. I get it. Yeah. Um, Because I already played that game through like three times, you know, around launch. So I do love it. but I'm just more excited for the sequel. I think at this point and I don't want to ratchet myself out or clank myself. You know, you n- never clank yourself. Do we have to bleep uh,
0: that? I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I do think it is clever on their part. But also, those patches could be coming later for those games because those studios are hard at work on these games coming sooner. So they have priorities, really. But yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll agree to that. Yeah, I think uh, I also think it's a little bit of both. Like I do think it's important to turn these kinds of stories into news beats and like, just the allowing people to have a little more awareness, a little more insight. As to like, Oh, Hey, this, this game that I love that's is now I have a reason to go back and visit it. Even if I got the platinum, cause I want to see it at 60 frames per second or in true 4k or whatever. Right. Like um, I just replayed ratchet and clank in <laughs> February in yeah. anticipation of uh, uh rift apart. And now I kind of wish that I'd waited just to see, you know, see what it looks like. But I mean, that game, still looks incredible it's still so, beautiful yeah Yeah. it's yeah and it still runs silky smooth regardless of the frame rate so um yeah i i don't you know it's not like i regretted or anything but yeah
0: it's um yeah it's one of those funny things where i i waited because i'm like this patch has to be coming and so i was gonna play earlier this year and was like let me give it a couple months and see what happens um and so i i have waited and i am gonna jump back in but yeah i i think for me it it makes total sense and like as you guys were saying um, it, it, having a news story to go along with these things, it helps keep it like back in everyone's minds, especially as the sequel is coming out. But yeah, I think it, it does lead to that sort of question of uh, should I replay this game now or should I play it for the first time now or should I wait? Like, wh- What's the precipice? And obviously we're going to we're going to hit a point where that's less of an issue because cross-gen games won't be as much of a focus. But yeah, it's an mm-hmm. interesting place to be in mm-hmm. at the beginning of this generation.
1: So I have been having the urge to go back to the last of this part, Two because I did only play it once at launch. And I do want to play again. I've been having that urge. But at the same time, that's going to surely at some point that's getting a PS5 patch. I assume. Before, I would hope so. Yeah, I
0: bet you before the end of the year
2: it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. I'm just
1: going to wait because... It's worth it for that game, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that feels like a no-brainer, especially if and when they ever release uh, the Factions multiplayer thing that they've teased before. Uh, briefly, before we move on to what we're playing, I did just want to mention, because this did uh, come up in between shows, but uh, Sony officially announced that a Ghost of Tsushima movie is in the works. Uh, we don't have too many... Uh, details about how it'll exactly adapt the story uh given that it's a large open world with a pretty ensemble cast uh and um we don't have any stars or uh talent on that side attached to it i am totally blanking and i feel like an idiot because i had the story up and then i accidentally X'd out of the tab uh i forget who the director is so i'm it's going. the to... john
2: wick director thank um, you
0: yeah Derek colstead yeah yeah, um, which for a, for a game or uh, Chad Stelhesky, excuse me. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah, one of the yeah the Chadwick uh, John Wick dudes, Chadwick guys. Chadwick um, is not as cool a character
2: no. as John Wick.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, so we know that movie will be coming. It's yet another sign of like Sony increasing its sort of focus on adapting its projects uh, on a case by case basis, uh, which which I appreciate. Like they're they're trying to figure out where to best put these movies and TV shows like the last of us and that twisted metal show that's coming down the pipe at some point. Um, my only thing was I, 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 th- <laughs> I thought ghost would make a pretty cool miniseries. I'm, I'm interested how they cram it into a movie. I think the main plot yeah. you could probably cram into a movie, but the joy of go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think you could, I think they've got the right man for it because you know, if there's one man who knows how to direct an action thriller about a man, one man on a vengeance mission, yeah, get the guy who did John Wick because why wouldn't you? Um, and I do think the like, I'm not as hot on Ghost of as a lot of people. I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't like near my game of the year for last year, but I you still can really leave the enjoyed show
0: it right now. Then, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but the thing I enjoyed the most about the game was the combat, and if they can recreate some of that combat and some of the fight scenes in the show, then in the show, sorry, in the film, then I think it'll be great. I just a lot does rest on who you get to play those parts I think because that is another great thing about the game is the performances are all great and maybe it is time that we saw some of the people who play these characters actually playing people in films and TV shows. But I don't know. It's not for me to say, is it? I don't run these I don't run a film company. Maybe I should (laughs) not yet (laughs) yet. (laughs)
0: Um yeah, I'm with you there. I am curious about what they do because this is one of those funny things for me and it was the same thought about when I heard there's an Uncharted movie, it's like Uncharted is so clearly inspired by Indiana Jones and sort of make a movie of it, the snake eating its own tail and goes to Tsushima, even though it's an original movie is heavily inspired by Kurosawa films. And, you know, even with the Kurosawa mode in there. And so it's one of those things of like, does it just then become a sort of like pastiche of those old movies? And is it the thing that inspired it or mm-hmm. can it be its own unique thing is, I think, the question mm-hmm. I have.
1: Yeah. Because I think uh, it's, you know, I'm probably get some flat for this. I think it's a pretty standard A to B story. I don't think the actual plot itself is anything outstanding in that game. So how it's to me, the style of that game is what they've got to translate into the film and the style of the action and the personal motives, those characters, rather than the broad story itself.
2: I hope it's just a movie about a guy who follows a bunch of foxes.
0: That'd be great. If yeah. Andrew Goldfarb is right in the movie, that's what it will be.
2: Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. like he just goes on a nice horse ride, and occasionally he just follows a fox and sees
0: what happens. Like that's the whole movie. That's it good. sounds good to me. <laughs> it does have to live up to the title card of Ghost of Tsushima, which is yeah. So sure, great. Give when me you that
2: will... same. Give me that an identical late title
1: card. For... I bet they
0: will. Yeah,
2: that would be. Absolutely
1: fox is a ghost all along. It's Haley Joel Osment is playing.
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay, all right. <laughs> there we go. I'm in. You've completely changed yeah. the story, but I I'm
1: there yeah. with. And this is why I don't run a film.
0: I, I so like I, I <laughs> oh. don't know, man. Like I, I think
2: that I think that having a sort of A to B plot like you're describing, Cardi, is maybe lends itself better to a, a uh a film. You know what I mean? Like I think that it it makes more sense to me. Like this movie makes more sense to me than an uncharted movie does, you know, because it is a contained I story. Yeah. It's like yeah. mm, my yeah. uncle was kidnapped by this faction of people, so we're gonna I'm gonna invent becoming a ninja. And go break him out like that. You know, like that's the whole story of that game. And you can take some artistic license, but that's already like a pretty easily understandable story. Whereas something like uncharted with five games, you know, in the Canon and you know, Mm -hmm. what story do you tell? Which parts do you take? Which parts do you omit? Um, Apparently the answer was to like, go with a young Nathan Drake. I don't know. It just doesn't make as much sense to me as this.
1: I mean, I will say I absolutely loved ghost of Shima legends and if the film was actually a take on that, then I'd be very into it. If it was some sort of weird, it's a way harder Gothic, Japanese horror. <laughs> yeah, but I I like interesting things. So. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: uh, well, whatever it becomes, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on it. Uh, but that that's far off in the future. I want to talk about things that are happening now, and by things that are happening, I mean the games that we're playing. Uh, Street, as as our guest, uh, I want to start off with you. What have you been playing? Both either on stream or, or off stream in your own time what, what have you been up to recently
3: uh, well i'll say one game that recently just came out was the co-op game it takes two and man i'll have to say the way the game executes the cooperation between the two characters is legit like top notch i would say if you were playing it with like 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 your best friend or like a really good friend of yours like you'll enjoy it a lot more than if you were either A playing it by yourself or playing with somebody that is um that's random. So that is a game I'm definitely going to revisit again for sure. Um in addition to that, I've been I've been playing Breath of the Wild for like months. Like legit months. Yes, legit month. yes, legit, legit <laughs> months and I just want more and more of it legit every time I'm in I'm in the DLC right now, but it's my actually and I'm going to put this out You know, on blast and everything. It's, it's my first Zelda game ever. So mm-hmm. it's been a real nice like introduction into into the franchise and just wants me to, you know, play more of it, honestly. Um, so it, it takes two Breath of the Wild. Outriders comes out later this week. The demo was really nice. and I enjoyed that a ton. So I'm going to go ahead and be it into that. And I need to be a lot better about playing games offline.
0: <laughs> I get that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Zach, what Zelda game should he play next as a, a resident well, Zelda master? Well, I mean,
2: I know this is a PlayStation on podcast, PlayStation so I don't want to b- get. I, <laughs> I had to, to ask. I had to ask. Tune into uh, Nintendo Voice Chat Thursdays at three PM on IGN. But um, I, you know, it's it's tough because Breath of the Wild is such a different Zelda game. Um, it's like yes, so so wildly different from right. most of the Zelda games that came before it. Um, Skyward Sword, mm-hmm. the remaster, is coming out later this year and mm. that was the game that came just before breath of the wild and it's probably there's a lot of ideas that started in skyward sword that were executed better in breath of the wild um it's probably the closest thing but my favorite zelda game um second favorite after breath of the wild is probably wind waker so i would give one of one of those two a shot next
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. wind wake is my favorite zelda so i'd also Same. agree with that yeah i love it
0: it's a good place to go next for sure mm-hmm. uh simon what have you been playing what have you been up to
1: I've also been playing a lot of It Takes Two, and I've got to agree with Street. It's it's some of the most fun I've had in years playing a video game. Like maybe at this point, it's hard to say because I love Paul Two so much. But maybe the best co op game I've played. I'm I think right near the end. I maybe have an hour or two left. I might even finish off this podcast. Who knows? But wow, it's wow. incredible. Like it's just nonstop creativity and that's what I want from Joseph Farris and Hayes. Like I was really excited for a way out and it kind of disappointed me in a way. I was, it didn't hit, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. It kind of promised being different at every turn. And it never really was for me. You were doing a lot of the same things again and again, whereas this game, every five minutes it's throwing something new at you and it's just, yeah, it's, I I love it. And I can't wait to finish it and play it again with more and more people. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh,
2: have also been looking forward to playing it's T- It Takes Two. I've heard really great things about it. I was really excited about it because I was going to mm. play it with my girlfriend. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but instead, she played it with Simon Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Simon, I was we'll actually going to ask, what the hell's your problem?
1: <laughs> All right, well, you got. I knew this was coming. Um, I may add that she, that Lucy, approached me with the idea of playing the game. It was not vice versa. So uh, there we go. <laughs> i'll play it with you zach how about i play it with you and lucy never plays. actually that'd game? be really poetic justice really there we go
0: i mean well, i went it, back to her and was like actually i'm gonna play with simon so <laughs> <laughs> it is a game about a couple working through their strife and their differences so i think it totally mm. makes sense for the two of you to play it together and that's right yeah, yeah we
2: exactly. could
1: maybe we could maybe make amends by the end you know yeah. yeah yeah i think we might we might just um but the one i've really been playing the last few days is disco elysium the final cut which is Mm-hmm. come to playstation yesterday uh mm-hmm. as we're releasing this and pc you get a free upgrade if you already own disco elysium and it's how to where to start with this game it's i reviewed it i've given it a 10 i think it's an absolute masterpiece it's unlike anything else i've ever played and it's it's an rpg in like the truest sense of the word like it harkens back more to like a Dungeons and Dragons game than it does, like a Witcher or a Final Fantasy. It's all about building your character in this world, using dice rolls and your skills, and just work. You are a detective who wakes up with a hangover and basically just amnesia. You don't know who you are, why you're in this place, and you know you've got a case to solve, and that's all you know when you start this game. And it's just 25 to 30 hours of just weirdness A lot of bad language. Don't play with kids, I will say that. Uh, And a lot of drugs and a lot of violence. But it's just, it's the best written game I've ever played. I think I'm at a point where I can say that now. It's just, there's over a million words in this game, which is twice as long as the Lord of the Rings trilogy back to back. And now it's fully voiced with the final cut. And one voice actor who is a jazz musician, uh, who plays all 24 voices inside your head in this game does over half of that. So that's the whole of Tolstoy's War and PC is narrated for this game. <laughs> it is absolute madness. And I think that's what put some people off originally. Not only the fact it was only on PC when it came out over a year ago, but the fact it is a lot of reading. Or it's now it's fully voiced. So you can play it on a TV screen and not be squinting, reading all the text. Like it's all said to you. Mm-hmm. And that makes such a big difference. And was really my only real gripe with the original. And now it's got that re-release with full voice casting. I would just recommend anyone to try this game. I'd read reviews. I'd watch it. I know it's not going to be for everyone. This is not a game that everyone will think is a masterpiece. Some people will just turn off it completely. But I think it's worth giving a go because I don't think it's like anything else you'll play. And it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I um ever since the your initial review and just everything I've heard about it since it's been one of those, like, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it when it's, it's out on a console, uh, especially once we got the final cut word. And I, I can't wait to jump into it this week. Uh, And I'm, I, I love your, your final cut review. I love the original review as well, but yeah, this was a fantastic review that, uh, as Simon said, definitely go read it and watch it. If you can, it's on uh, the, the written's on IGN. The, is there a video version?
1: I am cutting that uh, tomorrow. So the video will be live probably by the time this podcast is out. Awesome.
0: Uh, And Zach, other than not getting to play It Takes Two, what have you been playing? Uh, You know, I've been
2: kind of having a little bit of a rough go the last, I'd say, month and just like not really playing anything that has stuck with me. I've kind of bounced off a lot of different things. Uh, This year in particular, I'm trying really hard not to A, replay stuff and B, not to push through stuff that that doesn't really grab me in the first few hours. You know, if something hasn't hooked me in the first like three to five hours, like I, you know. Previously, I would have been like, oh, I'll just, I'll just keep playing and see if I if it grows on me. But at this point, I'm just like trying not to spend too much time on, on stuff that hasn't really hooked me. Um, so I've been bouncing between a lot of different stuff. Um, but most recently, the thing that I, I downloaded most recently was uh, Hot Shots Golf, which is a game that I'm really enjoying because I've had it on my PlayStation forever. You know, like I bought it when it came out. I just never played it. And so now I've just been it's been nice to just dip in there. But I. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying Hot Shots Golf shout out to that game. Uh, and then I downloaded, uh, Disco Elysium. Uh, I want to, I want to try that just because it's, you know, I've heard so many awesome things about it. It was in so many game of the year conversations. I'd typically be hard pressed to play or, uh, yeah, to play any game that would have me play as a cop. But, um, in this case, I'll make an exception because I've heard it's very good. It's, it's so.
1: definitely not a pro police game. If I can play right, that way. Yeah. Uh, everyone um, hates you so Yeah, come cool. <laughs> If the shoe
2: fits. Um, and then yeah, outside of that, I've just been bouncing between a bunch of other stuff too. So yeah,
0: cool. Uh, yeah, I I played a bit of It Takes Two as well, and I I definitely need to jump into. It, but yeah, I I think it's uh, as you uh, both were saying, Street and Simon. It it is just so creative and so like constantly fun. I I can't wait to get back to it. Uh, I've been continuing to stream my playthrough of Sekiro for the first time. Uh, and I just over the weekend played through. I forget what the actual boss's name was, but I guess without spoilers, it's in a different you you kind of teleport somewhere and oh, you yeah. have to chase down some monkeys.
3: Oh, um, oh.
0: You, you, you all know what I'm talking yeah. about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It um the I knew nothing about that fight going into it. And I don't want to spoil it for anyone who has happened to have not played Sekiro, uh, you know, as I am just getting to it for the first time. But man, that fight that encounter is so clever. And I just did not expect mm. that to come in the middle of this. Cause I, I was finally getting into this groove where like, I felt like I was understanding the combat and understanding the, the, the way to get through a fight uh, pretty, pretty well. And then that just throws you for a loop in how you approach something. And it's so fun and so creative. Um, mm. I I loved it and I can't wait to keep, keep
1: going. I, I love game. watching people play those games as well. So I just don't, <laughs> I've realized now like Bloodborne I played a good eight to ten hours of and oh, I realized eventually I was getting into it and I like it to an extent but I realized ultimately these games aren't for me I think And okay. I'm happy yeah. with that now I'm happy yeah. being called not good at games it's not because I'm not good at them I just wasn't enjoying it that much but <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah I don't know that's what I tell myself anyway but um I, yeah I love watching I love all the FromSoft games to watch I think the worlds and the stories are incredible. I've enjoyed watching a little bit of your stream secretly, Jonathan. You don't know I'm no. there, but I'm lurking. Oh, um, uh, the sort of, lurker. <laughs> actually, there's a uh, very sneaky. There's so many. Like, yeah. You can watch Tomorrow's Same from GameStop Streaming. You can watch Arcade yeah. do a full series of all these games on YouTube, yep. which I recommend. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I will watch people play these games forever, but no, I will never finish them myself. <laughs> I, I played
2: through Bloodborne, was my first, and then I did. Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls Three, uh, and Sekiro. But for some reason, uh, Demon Souls was the one that did it for me. I got like most, uh, probably like three quarters of the way through Demon Souls, and was just like, you know what? I just don't have the patience for it anymore. Oh. Like, I, like <laughs> as much as I loved all oh. the other games, I just got to a point where it's just like I've died thirty times on this boss. Like I'm just like I think that's maybe what helped me make the decision of like. I don't need to spend time on a game that I'm just like banging my head against the wall on, but yeah.
3: Yeah. So I think I Sekiro. Yeah. I think Sekiro is, I think like the first game from, from soft that I played and probably within like the first 30 minutes, I was like, Nope, this ain't for me. So I yeah. stopped right. I stopped right there. Cause I'm like, this thing's tough. I'm like, what's uh. going on here? Uh, but then I revisited a few, like a, like a few months later, I think I was it was like a dare or something from somebody. It was like, all right, if you after this game, you're gonna play this, and I was like, all right, fine. And it's been, you know, one of the best games I've ever played in Bloodborne. Man, if I can tell you that, like, I would revisit Yarnum again, even though on some bosses I was on like stream for like three hours on the same boss, mm-hmm. just dying and dying and dying. But yep. it's just really rewarding, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's getting I I finally understand that sort of like the the punishment and then the reward of it. And, And Simon, I also totally it is not for everyone. It very much was not for me until it clicked. But even if it never clicks, like as you said, they're still really fun to watch, especially like both watching the struggle and the the wins that people can go through there's just such a catharsis to it it's
1: mainly the struggle i enjoy the struggle yeah that's fair yeah there's there's
0: (laughs) that's the majority of it the vast majority don't just put that out
1: of context because that sounds awful (laughs) (laughs) uh
0: zach i know you have a hard out now so if you need to bounce i I yeah i gotta go this has been cool though Great, it's great to, you to have all. you though zach yeah. uh,
3: Thank you, man. Take
0: care. before we wrap up though i do want to jump into our memory card segment which is of course the segment where the viewers and listeners at home write in with their funny weird sad, uh, sad i was going to say sacky i i mixed the words sad and wacky that's where i'm at this day sack
1: boy stories all sack your boy, boy exclusively <laughs> sack boy stories uh
0: anyway it's a, it's our weekly segment where you write your stories the show you can write in to beyond at ign.com with the subject line memory card and we'll uh read them on the show each and every week thank you to everyone who has been sending them in please continue to do so uh we definitely have a few that i'll be pulling from in future weeks that have already been sent in but if you'd like to send one in please share it please don't be afraid to to send it in Uh, obviously you can keep stories anonymous if you'd prefer to Uh, i know people don't want to share names always that's completely fine uh if it's it's, you know pretty personal and such but always happy to read these out and i i just wanted to say thank you again to everyone who has shared Some of these have been really personal and really emotional. Some have been hilarious. Some have been very weird. Uh, We've had so many great stories, and I really appreciate everyone who's written it so far. Uh, But Street, since you're our guest this week, I wanted to open up to you if if there's any sort of PlayStation or just general gaming memory you really want to share this week. Uh, I want to give you the spotlight.
3: Sure. Uh, I would say one memory that always sticks out is playing Final Fantasy X for like the first time. Um, so like the way that I was able to get the game was my, my family, like growing up, you know, like obviously we didn't have like a lot of whatnot. Right. But there was like, all right, you can get like one game for like $20 at GameStop, you know, when people actually shopped at GameStop. Um, so we, I just looking through the, the bins or whatever and I saw like the Final Fantasy X cover and it looked interesting. So we got it and it was Probably like the first game, it's the first game that's ever made me cry about like characters that I actually cared about, even though I've never met, that I felt connected to like a world where I felt, you know, I felt some of the joy. I felt a lot of the sorrow um in my own personal life. And, you know, that type of game, you know, it always it'll always stick with me. Um, and that's something that really sticks out in my childhood in Final Fantasy X. Is, phenomenal game i can't wait to get back into it
0: yeah that's that's that one's always been a an unfortunate blind spot for me especially considering that i i love kingdom hearts and i i feel mm. like i often see 10 held up with like well if you like kingdom hearts you'll probably like 10 and vice versa and so yeah i do want to jump into that one at some point and I, th- I think i bought it on sale on a playstation sale like you know like months ago um but I, I really want to get to that one because i've heard such um great love for it and especially hearing how much it affected you i I've, I'll, yeah. I'll bump it up the list a little bit for sure um simon anything you want to share of gaming times i'm not i don't mean to put you on the spot but i uh, also didn't oh want to, you know uh, you also can just say no and i'll just move on i um, never asked it's fine uh, i'll just keep rambling otherwise yeah, like games good tough. cool fair <laughs> enough uh well anyway that is going to pretty wrap us up for this week's episode of beyond uh before we we leave though uh to plug uh definitely as we mentioned before uh check out simon's disco elysium the final cut review if you haven't already uh simon is there anything else that you've been working on recently that you want to point people to uh
1: nothing coming soon i know we're going to talk about uh dale's playstation home inside story that he, yes uh, yeah uh, dale on the uk team he uh released his long-awaited well, long awaited because I've known about it for weeks, but a uh, PlayStation <laughs> Home inside story about the people who loved PlayStation Home are basically trying to keep it alive. And it's a great feature if you haven't seen it. It's, there's a long written piece and also like a 15 to 20 minute documentary version of it as well, which I know at IGN we're proud of these inside stories and there's going to be more coming. But yeah, this is a real good PlayStation one that I think everyone who listens to this podcast would find something they love out of it. And it is very yeah. good.
0: It's it's a really great one. I I started it last night and it it, it was hard to stop because it's, it's just such a fascinating, the heartwarming story. At the end of the day, because it's all these people who are just really passionate about this now defunct uh you know social platform that PlayStation had, and especially with the the PS3 store yeah. closing, it, it it feels pretty pretty resonant uh, at the moment. But yeah, it, it's on IGN, it's on YouTube, uh, it's uh, about the fans who are. Uh, I, I want to pick out the full title before I uh, mess it up. I believe it's the fans who are trying to playstation home dying or something along those lines. Yes,
1: it is very, very similar to that.
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I will. The the fans who refuse PlayStation home die. Yeah, yes. it's a it's a really great piece. Definitely go check it out. Uh, if you haven't already, I recommend it to everyone listening.
1: But yeah. Uh, yeah. Apart from my Disco Elysium review, i kind of got bits and bobs, got an inside story in the pipeline, but can't reveal what that is yet because it's probably months away but there you go I look forward to that mystery project
0: <laughs> the fans who don't refuse to let playstation
1: home exactly it's a complete argument against this video yeah, yeah.
0: It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's very strange the approach we're taking, just talking
1: to wish. everyone who didn't like playstation home it's really not <laughs> nice to watch
0: <laughs> it's it's weird oh, that you decided oh. to take this path but yeah here yeah. we are uh, um but no yeah definitely uh yeah. i i love the inside story can't wait to see uh what else we have cooking mm-hmm. uh street where uh what specifically uh can people look forward to on your streams i, I know you were mentioning playing through breath of the wild dlc currently anything else you want to shout out specifically before we wrap up uh
3: i mean like if you are just look if you're looking for a place to you know feel empowered and to you know feel uplifted you know that's what my stream's about Like community is really welcoming and i always just like to. Let people know that, like, your life is valuable, that your past does not determine your future. And, you know, there's something out there for for everybody. Um, So that's what my streams are usually about. You know, we always play games and whatnot, but it's always about just letting people know that, you know, things are going to be okay, you know? Uh, So you can catch me on Twitch, usually, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays. You can catch me there if you want to interact with me live. And then you can also catch me on Twitter and Instagram um, as well if you want to interact with me there.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I am uh, very happy to have found your streams. It's it's as you were saying, uh, your community is extremely welcoming and warm. Uh, and it's a very uh, welcoming, great place to be, whether you're just tuning in for a little bit or, you know, in the stream, uh, joining from the start. It's a, it's a really great community you fostered there. Uh, and I'm excited to see it grow. I appreciate that. But uh, that's going to about wrap us up for this week's episode. Uh, Simon and Sri, thank you so much for joining me this week. And thanks to Zach, but he he's not here. So it's it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, of course, to Red, our producer, for helping to make this show run. And thank you to everyone out there who's watched and listened. Uh, Beyond is normally live 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN and your podcast services around the world. Thank you so much for watching or listening. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always, Beyond.
1: Beyond. Beyond.